These are the days of zombies in India. Jihadism turns into a zombie infection in New Delhi in the novel Zombistan. A recreational Russian drug turns party goers into flesh craving zombies in the Bollywood film Go Go Are Gone. An undead British Lieutenant Colonel commands a zombie horde in India's troubled Red Corridor in the web series Betal. Are you prepared for a zombie apocalypse? There are monsters under the bed. There are monsters in outer space. And there are monsters at the gate. Welcome to the Neo Monsters podcast on zombies in India. The Neo Monsters within the Others in India's Science Fiction is a project at the University of Oslo, Norway. The Neo Monsters project delves into how India's popular narratives negotiate epistemes of monstrousness and manifest contesting ideologies with the nation's popular imagination. In this episode, Sami Ahmad Khan speaks to Mainak Thar, an author from India. Hello everyone, I am Sami Ahmad Khan and before we talk to Mainak Dhar, let me very quickly introduce him. Mainak Dhar is the author of over a dozen books, some of which have been bestsellers in India and abroad. He has been translated into multiple languages. His works include the Alice in Deadland series, 0302 and Sniper's Eye. Thank you so much for joining us, Mainak. Tell me, is there a particular reason you chose the figure of a monster to propel your narratives? What is a monster for you, and how does it emanate from prevalent socio-political realities, if at all? Okay, good question. So, I, mean, I guess for me, the first thing I would say is I did not start either Zombistan or Alice in Deadland with a zombie in mind. Um, so, you know, zombie for me was a literary device or a metaphor. For me, in uh, Zombistan, the real metaphor was for mindless hate mindlessly destroying those different from you and you know with zombies the whole thing is they're destroying but they infect others so uh, for me the whole starting point was mindless hate is not just dangerous it's contagious it spreads and that's true when you think of extreme ideologies on any end of the political or ideological spectrum so me it was really a metaphor that in a world driven apart by this mindless hate a group of people come together to fight it and you know that's what i kind of chose the characters also consciously that there was an american there was a, a hindu boy a muslim writer and the savior was a kid which in a way was that all of us have a collective responsibility to shepherd the future through this um, world where you know people take positions very uh, quickly they're all too willing to judge others and mindlessly hate others so that's really what i used zombies as a metaphor for that broader uh, story of all the monsters available to you moinak why a zombie what is a zombie for you for me a, a zombie and why i chose a zombie is if i think of uh, you know alice in deadland where i use zombies very differently where um, you know zombies or biters as i call them in the book were almost uh, seen as subhuman non human so for me 
also a zombie in particular because it's when we demonize others who are different from us we almost regard them as subhuman and that was the whole idea of choosing it because you know if you think of the, the whole supernatural genre you have ghosts and you have spirits but i think zombies bring across a certain degree of abhorrence which is very different from those they may elicit fear but the abhorrence i think really comes from seeing them as almost subhuman undead and that was why i used an alison dead and where the metaphor was very different which is when we judge others who are different from us because we don't get to interact with them almost as inhuman or subhuman so that's kind of why i uh, chose uh, uh, zombies for that particular book that's an interesting point manak can you please tell us about the differences between the zombies in your novel zombie stan and in your alison dead land series sure i guess uh, no good question i guess physically they manifest themselves similarly it's i think some classic tropes from you know popular zombie culture which is they're mindlessly attacking others they can only be killed by a blow to the head i think where there are other similarities is in both cases these were the result of human intervention so it was really about how we mess up our world in uh, zombistan it was a chemical warfare experiment gone wrong in alison deadland it was a biological warfare experiment gone wrong which is really we ourselves sometimes create our own monsters they are not inflicted on us uh, from outside uh, i think that's the other similarity across both uh, the differences in how they are treated in uh, zombistan it's very much as i said a manifestation of mindless hate in alison deadland actually the so called zombies become almost a sympathetic set of characters as the series progresses because the protagonist has grown up hating them seeing them as undead biters and she realizes that these are people who are just diseased with a virus that causes them to behave in a certain way and the powers that be us are segregating people causing them to hate each other to maintain control so i there are some similarities but i've used them very differently in both stories to drive the narrative okay i have to ask this how likely is a zombie apocalypse any tips for surviving the apocalypse <laughs> see two or three years ago i would have said it's all in the realm of fiction with the world we have all lived in the last two years who knows what's fiction and what may actually happen uh, you know who would have thought a worldwide pandemic would have hit us and our lives would have changed in so many ways but i think a literal zombie apocalypse is probably highly unlikely uh, um in terms of uh, you know what it takes to succeed uh, in that kind of world and you know, that's a genre which i'm fascinated with which is which is you know how do people react in stress post apocalyptic fiction and i i think to be honest we've all been lab rats over the last two years on how we as societies have adapted or not to a global pandemic a couple of things come to mind the first thing is i think maintaining independent and critical thinking i think in any time of crisis what happens is you have herd mentality which in the day and age of social media is amplified by rumors and scaremongering i think just keeping one's mind open keeping one's critical faculties alive rather than just jumping to the next rumor you hear uh, i i think the second thing i think is just high degree of situational awareness which uh, uh, you know has nothing to do with zombies but with any high stress situation uh, you know i think what happens is people tend to just go with the flow without either either they end up underestimating risks or overestimating risks so you know in the early days of the pandemic we saw some people hoarding months and months of food which is probably an overreaction yet we saw many people saying yeah what's the point of wearing a mask which is underreaction and i think keeping that critical thinking alive ensuring you're aware of what's happening around you so you can take the right decisions so i think in the last two years we've all learned our own lessons on 
how to deal with uh, a world that's changed drastically versus what it used to be manak any zombie narratives from across the world that you like or got inspired by as a zombie expert is there a list of zombie fiction films comics or games that you would like us to read or engage with uh, okay to be honest a lot of what my inspiration comes from is less zombies more how people behave under stress so if i uh, i could suggest a list of good post apoc literature which i read a lot which inspires me so if i just start with some of the classics like you know lucifer's hammer the stand uh you know those i think really are what happens in society when it breaks down so those are you know books i really enjoyed in the zombie genre as i said you know i am i would say a very casual consumer of zombie uh, fiction so i have seen a few episodes of the walking dead i've seen romero's films but i can't say i'm a zombie connoisseur or i'd know what i i'd have a ready zombie playlist but for me what fascinates me is how people react what happens when their world falls apart which is why you know some of the books i mentioned i really really enjoyed i mean on another uh, book which comes to mind is one second after uh by william forstein which is really what what happens to modern society and what fascinated me is a lot of those books are written in the western context and if you think of the indian context there are subtle differences um not least of all is gun ownership so you know when you look at most post epoch literature set in the west you suddenly have roving bands of vigilantes with guns in india private gun ownership is negligible so that has its own challenges uh, you know the whole natural you know phenomenon in urban india of two worlds you know the rich poor coexisting in close proximity what happens when social order breaks down uh, you know urban versus rural you know do natural fault lines along religion community get exacerbated do people come together so i think the indian social milieu lends itself to you know taking some of those thoughts and then i i i liken it to a sandbox and putting it in mixing it up and seeing how it plays out so that's kind of how i've created my books and some of the places where i took inspiration from you know perhaps it looks like there is a zombie in all of us can you tell us about how the zombie works and how do you approach the zombie <laughs> no i think i think there is a, a a side to all of us which can lash out mindlessly which is convinced we are right and wants to you know infect everyone with our point of view i think it's a constant struggle to keep that zombie at bay to stay open minded have a balanced view and i feel that's most under pressure today when we are operating on a 24/7 news cycle you know always on on twitter and facebook where everybody's too quick to take positions and jump on to causes or uh, react i i think that has probably been heightened i mean if i think back 20 25 years ago the world was different uh people we may still have had those zombies inside us but nowadays that zombies you know a couple of thumb strokes of your smartphone away from manifesting itself to the world and i think that i think i that's i think in some ways one of the downsides of being always on always connected always having access to uh, getting your voice out people lose the ability to think rationally calm down look at different sides of the story before reacting manak how would you like your readers to approach the intersection of the zombie and religious or political ideology see i guess first of all i don't believe in preaching anything i mean i'm a storyteller so I, i'd like my readers just to enjoy the story at the same time i like writing about stuff i am passionate about so if i think of alice in deadland it's fundamentally about trading off freedom and security 
um, for the ability to think for yourself. And that that's kind of what I explore. In Zombistan, it's all about how we can pull together despite our differences in the face of mindless hatred. Those are things that are important to me that I think about, you know, I have a young son. I'd like him to grow up in a world where he's thinking critically about those issues. So I don't want readers to, you know, get a point of view from me. I don't have a point of view. I'm just the storyteller. But through those stories, I'd like readers to reflect on these. They can draw their own conclusions. There is no right or wrong. But these are issues I would like in some way to stimulate thinking about and provoke thinking about. So I think there's a pure entertainment part of it, which as a thriller writer, I hope my readers get away. But the other part is it's not a point of view, but it's just provoking thinking. So in Alice in Deadland, it's what is that right balance? Would you rather have a government that keeps you secure, but takes away your rights and freedom of expression? Or would you rather deal with more instability, but have that? The world has all kinds of places and people like living in all kinds of places. I'm not saying one is good or bad. I may have a personal point of view, but those are the kind of issues through this that I'd like readers to think about. What do you think is the future of the undead zombies in Indian speculative fiction, Manak? I think to be honest, uh, the genre is very underdeveloped in India. It's very, very underdeveloped. I, mean, I, I Most by far, I mean, when a huge magnitude, most of my readers are from outside of India. And I think in, it's got, I think, less to do with zombies, more to do with how the horror genre itself in India has developed over the years. I think it's still a very underdeveloped genre where, you know, I think many years back, horror was almost a caricature. I mean, it was a, a caricature of somebody scaring somebody without the depth of storytelling that you associate with, you know, great horror. You know, Stephen King is, of course, iconic, but many, many other uh, 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 writers and movies, you know, we talked about Romero. In India, I think it's really started with Hollywood and really almost a caricature of the genre. And I think the character-driven horror, zombies playing a role beyond just being monsters, I think is still at a very, very nascent stage. And I, I personally hope it takes off because I think we do need more diversity of voices. We need uh, more choices for readers to uh, enjoy. Like I, I still now, since we're talking Stephen King, I remember a novel by him called The Cell, which is, I think, the closest he came to a zombie book. But again, that was a commentary on the ubiquity of cell phones and our dependence on it and what it does to us. It's not just a movie about, you know, a book about people becoming zombies and chasing others. So I think in India, it's still very undeveloped. I hope it develops. I hope Indian readers see beyond just the fact that it's a scary monster who needs to be shot in the head and appreciate other aspects of the genre. And I'm trying to do my bit and I hope others join in because I think the whole, you know, speculative fiction, horror genre in India, I think is developing in many interesting ways. And I hope this is one aspect where readers get to experience more of it. There's one area which, you know, as a reader and a writer, I, I think we could do with much more is uh, books which really ask what if in a Indian social and cultural and political context. I think that's what makes a lot of these uh, speculative fiction, zombie, post-epoch books amazing is they take current realities and then kind of toss them up and say, what if? And I, I think, you know, that's a genre which I think is still undeveloped and India has got its own fascinating dynamics, if you think of social dynamics, cultural dynamics, political dynamics. And uh, that's what I enjoyed exploring with these novels. And I hope there's more out there. That's what I personally love to read and continue to participate in as a writer. Zombies are a global phenomenon now. They're found everywhere from New Delhi to New York. 
Can you tell us a little bit about what you find to be the differences between zombies in the West, the Anglophone world, the Francophone world, etc., and zombies in India? I guess I guess the one thing which does come to mind is I I, I don't know how much it manifests in literature, but it struck me when I started writing in the genre and I interact with the readers from many different cultures is I think in the West, coming back from the dead, the undead has very specific religious and cultural connotations as well. And India is, of course, a very diverse country. There are many different religions in India. But if you think of Hindus, that concept to some extent does, resonates in a very different way because you're burning your dead, you're cremating your dead and they're gone versus a culture where you bury the dead and you know the whole zombie if you think of classical zombie imagery a hand coming out of the ground i think it resonates at a very very different level in religions and cultures where the tradition is to bury the dead because then you literally have the dead coming back to life if you think of judgment day in um, uh, uh, religious texts it i think strikes home in a very different way whereas if you think of the Hindu tradition, which is all about you pass on, your body is but a vessel, your soul has passed on, you're cremating. I think it's, and may, that may, who knows, that may to some extent have a, a hint in there on why zombies strike a very different uh, chord in certain cultures versus, say, a place like India. But that's something I've noticed over the years, you know, just observing how readers react to visuals, to imagery, to storytelling, as I've interacted with them across countries. I agree with that, Mainak. Because as they say that a soul without a body is a ghost and a body without a soul is a zombie. So while India may not have had a tradition, a historic tradition of zombies, we do have supernatural tradition of Betal and Pishach, which represent entities which are not corporeal in nature. Sure. See, in both cases, like I mentioned, the cause is us humans tinkering with things the way they are. Um, so in Zombistan, it was literally terrorists accumulating a dangerous cocktail of chemical biological weapons in Afghanistan, which was hit by a U.S. airstrike, which released it and which led to this infection spreading. So it was us messing up our world through our wars. In uh, Alice in Deadland, it was the U.S. government playing around with creating super soldiers uh, through biological warfare, which when, when uh, COVID-19 began, I got a bit of uh, you know goosebumps because the whole idea was that spread first in China and then spread across the world. But it was us tinkering around with biological, biological warfare. So the cause in both cases was humans trying to tinker around with nature for their own benefits, usually destructive benefits, you know, to gain power over others, etc. Uh, the cure is slightly different in both cases. I'd say in... Um, Zombistan, again, if I reflect on my own writing, I actually wrote Zombistan before Alice in Deadline. I think in Zombistan, the cure is a more simplistic cure, which is there is one young child who is magically immune because he presumably has some antibodies. And the whole quest is this motley group of people have to take this child to a safe haven in the Himalayas where there's a military base where scientists can presumably study him and then develop an antibody. So in Zombistan, I think the cure was simpler in that sense. In Alice in Deadland, I think the cure was multi-layered. And I think I developed more as a writer. And, you know, Alice in Deadland was a long series of eight books. So as I wrote further, 
I developed more as a writer and I thought deeper about it. I think one aspect of the cure was literally a cure for the disease. And that was something which, you know, scientists through the series are working on. But I think the bigger aspect of the cure was the assimilation of the two worlds. Because Alice in Deadland is set in a world where, you know, the zombies or the biters are seen as almost untouchables, shoot them at first sight. And the protagonist realizes that they're just diseased people. They do have a certain capacity for thought. The government or powers that be at that time has demonized them to do truly exercise an almost draconian control over the human survivors saying, these are monsters, we are the only ones who will protect you, otherwise they'll kill you. So the bigger cure in Alice in Deadland is that building of bridges, that assimilation where we stop seeing them as, you know, these mindless monsters who need to be shot to people we can coexist with. And, you know, Alice herself kind of over time brings that to life because she is infected and she becomes, you know, half human, half biter. And she's kind of the bridge between the two. So I think in Alice in Deadland, that was more led. It, uh, I think, went beyond just a medical cure or, you know, a survivor who we can get antibodies from. Thank you so much, Manak. That was a wonderful conversation. Here is hoping that we can survive the metaphorical zombie apocalypse whenever it comes. This podcast is part of the Neo Monsters Project. To learn more about the project, log on to www.neomonsters.cofutures.org. In the next podcast, Sami will explore even more monsters from India. Monsters of the world, unite!